Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are served from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band, full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more info. Time to talk about this, this coup, because this is the kind of stuff that we read about in, uh, you know, dictatorships and in uh, tyrannical governments abroad. And we don't really think about it happening here in our own country, but we better start thinking about it because there was a concerted effort, and we're now getting plenty of substantiation of this, to destroy um, President Trump's campaign. They used money from uh, the the uh, Democratic National Committee from the Hillary Clinton's campaign to create and then to give uh, out, including to the FISA court, a fabricated, basically, smear. You know, this, this so-called dossier. And it didn't work. So I want you to think about how this all plays out, because it's important. The second phase of this attempted coup and that's what it was don't kid yourself okay this was uh bureaucrats determining who should get to be president of the united states and if they were uh, unable to achieve it through an election then they were going to do whatever they could to bring down the presidency so you, you look at this um how, how do you bring down a presidency especially you know in this modern age with so many people watching, 24-7 watching. Well, you've got to make the presidency fail. That's what you have to do. You have to, you have to abort the presidency. And, and there's nothing the left likes more than aborting things. So what they did was they decided that they would cripple the president every way that they could, you know, starting with a, a, a protest that is inauguration. You know, I still... Um, have to remind myself that never in my life, and I've been through some times when the country was divided, you know, certainly in the late 60s, early 70s, there was tremendous division in this country, a lot of it centering around the war in Vietnam, but, but, but there were some real political differences that had emerged. And there was no attempt at a coup. Never. You know, uh, there were cheating. There was cheating went on. Certainly the committee to reelect the president, of whom Roger Stone was a principal player. There was cheating. But when the person got caught cheating, the person had to leave office. You know, Richard Nixon resigned in disgrace because he was found um, literally cheating. That's what, that's what he was found doing spying on the opposition, feeding stories about the opposition to friends in the media. And, you, you know, you've got to have an angry pup public if you're going to pull off a coup. People got to be ticked off at the leadership. Look at what's happened in Venezuela right now. People got fed up with Maduro and with, uh, you know, the whole Chavez legions living like kings while the people were starving. And so you could have a coup because they hated the leader. So no palace coup takes place unless the people hate the leader. And 
you know, one thing I'm going to say about these people, I'm going to talk about Andy McCabe and, and, uh, you know, uh, Rod Rosenstein and Bob Muller and James Comey. These people act like they're tough. You know, they've been, uh, you know, large figures in, in the world of law enforcement. Apparently have determined that they were well respected because they respect each other. And they're, they're Richter David Hansen called them cowardly by nature. They don't do anything in the sunlight. Everything is done in the dark because they don't want to be blamed for anything that happens. That's why you read that uh, that this stupid book, which I couldn't finish, but I read some of, uh, what was it called, Higher Loyalty, that uh, Comey wrote. And now, of course, I'm going to read this this uh, psycho book, uh, The Threat, by, by McCabe. You read them because you get an insight into what kind of madmen these were, what kind of um, delusional uh, egomaniacs we had in the highest levels of our FBI. They did not want Trump to become president. They were, first and foremost, they knew that if Hillary Clinton became president, which is what they were told would happen and what they expected, they would all be safe. They also convinced the media, and I'm, I'm telling you, you know, the part that hasn't come out yet and, and stuff that people like me have hold back, held back on because I want proof and more proof and more proof. Well, you know what? You can wait too long sometimes. But part of what um, what just transpired over the last couple of years was that you had this effort to demonize the president of the United States and then you involved the media. It's not that the media is telling Democrats what to do or that the media is watching and sees what Democrats are doing. It's Democrats literally telling the media what to do. I've never seen anything like this. You know, does anybody really believe that there was a, a bureaucratic state that told uh, the reporters in Watergate, uh, Bernstein and, and Woodward, to go after this story? And gave them information? No. And in spite of all their best efforts of feeding information to the media, of having round-the-clock positive coverage for Hillary Clinton, uh, declaring until 10 o'clock the night of the election that she was going to win by a landslide, in their effort, of course, to make that a reality, imagine what they felt they would have to do now that it didn't happen the way they planned it. And you see what happened. They had this effort to coordinate everything in the party, in the Democrat Party, uh, with celebrities and, and, you know, California, you know, big shots and directors and, and singers and dancers and, and then the news media. That, that's the most outrageous part that they got the news media to jump in and said, look, we got to do the right thing. We got to get rid of the, this president. This president's a bad guy. He's a racist. He's a, the very same people who used to beg for invitations to Donald Trump parties, the very same people who hit him up time and time again for campaign donations or for him to host fundraisers or for him to finance their schemes, everybody from Jesse Jackson to, uh, you know, uh, you name them. They were always, the Clintons got not lots of nice pictures with Donald Trump. 
But the minute he said, you know what? Now that I've been close to all you people and I see how corrupt this all is, I think maybe it's my uh, my obligation or my my intention is certainly to shake things up a little and be a disruptor. All through the, the campaign in 2016 and all through the first two years of this presidency, 90% negative coverage, over 90% negative coverage towards Trump. That is unbelievable. Richard Nixon did not get that bad press. Ronald Reagan did not get that much bad press. There were journalists who were literally consulting with the Clinton campaign so that they could coordinate attacks against Donald Trump. You had uh, uh, John Harwood and uh, Mark Leibovich and Dana Milbank and Glenn Thrush writing notes to the to the Clinton campaign. And they're unapologetic that they've been caught. That's the best part, is they all still think they, uh, they have an obligation to bring this president down. It's, it's fascinating, but it's really scary. You have John Podesta's staff making up every kind of anti-Trump theme that you could possibly think of and then handing it over to the media, and they ran with it. Anything they wanted to run, they had to run by the Clinton campaign. They got to audit it. They got to change it. And some of these uh, journalists got paid, got paid directly by Fusion GPS. Which, by the way, in case anybody's forgotten, you know who started Fusion GPS? Reporters. Glenn Simpson, he used to write for the Wall Street Journal. Susan Schmidt from the Washington Post. And they gave all these reporters that were, you know, friends of theirs, lurid stories from the dossier. And then you had the ones that were a little more dignified, the Christian Anaman Poors and the James Rutenberg, um, that said, well, you know what, we can, we can do bias coverage because it's justified in the age of Trump, um, because he is an existential threat to the truth. I mean, Rutenberg actually said, if you view a pr Trump presidency as something that's potentially dangerous, then your reporting is going to reflect that. You would move closer than you've ever been to being oppositional. That's uncomfortable and uncharted territory for every mainstream, non-opinion journalist I've ever known and by normal standards untenable. But the question that everyone is grappling with is, do normal standards apply? And if they don't, what should take their place? I guess Rutenberg never thought that the uh, that half the country might not want Hillary Clinton to be the president, that they thought she was potentially dangerous. And they didn't expect the evening news, you know, to tell their side of the story. It's 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 so deep when you think about it, when we had the um, Donna Brazile tipping off, you know, Hillary Clinton in that primary debate. It's just so deep. Giving uh, the DNC, giving um, questions to to people who are going to interview Donald Trump, literally crafting the narrative, and all those uh, twenty four hour bulletins, bombshell. This is it. Watershed. This is the turning point. The walls are closing in. That's all I heard for two, three years. 
They went from making stuff up about him removing the bust of Martin Luther King from the Oval Office, a lie, to the myths about, uh, you know, uh, prostitutes and, 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 and yellow golden showers in bedrooms in Moscow, to lies about what happened at the Trump Tower meeting, who was there, who knew, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, them telling us that uh, Michael Cohen, he's going to testify to uh, to the president's morning perjury. I'm still waiting, aren't you? I'm still waiting for all these stories. C- CNN is not even a news organization anymore. When you got Gloria Borgia and, and Chris Cuomo and Manu Raju and Jake Tapper and Jeff Zelaney and, and Jim Shuto, Carl Bernstein, Thomas Frank, all these people, they used to have Reza Aslan, Anthony Bourdain and, and Anderson Cooper who have stooped to lows to attack this president, the likes of which I've never seen. Uh, remember the S-hole comment that they just said over and over and over and over again. They have lost their way. And you know what? It's up to you and me to either prod them back to journalism or get rid of them all. You know, who needs them? We have an Internet now. Let people post the actual story to the web. Gimme, 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 gimme. That's the problem here in America. Elizabeth Warren just unveiled a universal child care plan funded by ultra-millionaire tax. And the media will run with the beauty of that story, right? I think it's fascinating, though, when you look at this attempted coup, and boy, I mean, everybody got involved. That was what's so amazing, and I think what has been so startling for people like me who are standing uh, and watching this unfold and trying not to say too much because, of course, I don't want to be accused of uh, being some kind of a conspiracy nut, but come on. What are the odds you're going to have uh, public expressions of assassinating or injuring the president? Things like uh, Jim Carrey and Johnny Depp and Robert De Niro and Peter Fonda and, of course, the infamous, uh, whatever her name is, Kathy Griffith. Um, Madonna, Snoop Dogg, all these other people talking about slicing, shooting, beating up, caging, beheading, blowing up the White House. I mean, when, when did you ever expect to see that happen in this country and it get applauded? You got all these social media out there uh, on the left spreading all kinds of lies about all kinds of uh, supporters of Donald Trump. You know, us us terrible racists, homophobes, and everything else. I mean, I can't even list all the names I've been called since I stepped out and said I was going to support this president. Now they, they, they make up stuff. They, they construct these fantasies that, that, you know, a white racist wouldn't even think up these stories, okay? Beating up people on the street, taunting them, victimizing minorities, and then yelling MAGA country at the same time. I mean, think about this. I mean, you know, one of the things I said the very first day, which I don't remember if it was Hobo who shot me a look like maybe you don't want to go there or if it was when I got home that I got the look shot. But at one point, I said um, out loud that I found it fascinating that this... Uh, Celebrity and a, a fairly, you got to call the guy a celebrity. I mean, it was a hit television series and he was a star of it, one of the stars of it. And 
I said I found it almost ridiculous to believe that uh, that the people who, who would beat him up or yell homophobic slurs at him and say it was MAGA country wearing MAGA hats knew who the hell he was. Do white racists watch Empire? You know, that was the question I asked. And everybody, oh, shh, don't say that. You know, anybody can watch Empire. Empire's a big hit show. Lots of people watch Empire. I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think white supremacists watch Empire. I'm pretty sure. I don't think people who are uninterested in, in you know, that whole, uh, you know, style of television show, which I'm not interested in. It doesn't matter to me if it's Empire or if it's uh, Knott's Landing. I'm just not a soap opera uh, kind of person. Don't care. Don't, don't want to waste my life watching other people live their lives. I'd rather go live my life. So, you know, I, I don't know what, what it all means, but I do know this, that it seemed quite obvious to me at the time that there wasn't going to be some homophobic, uh, racist, um, you know, Klansmen running around the streets of Chicago, a fairly decent neighborhood, at 2 o'clock in the morning, um, who knew that this guy was the star of Empire. I didn't know. And not, I'm, you know, I've never watched Empire. I've seen like five minutes of Empire. I, I saw five minutes of it when my stepdaughter and my husband were watching it one night. And the only person I recognized in it was the woman, I don't even know her name, but she used to be on, on a, a crime show that I watched, a person of interest. Um, she played like a police officer and now she's like the, the star of that Empire. So I said, Oh, that's, what's her name? whose name I can't even remember. But I wouldn't have known Jesse Smollett if he walked up to me and punched me in the face. I wouldn't have known who he was. Now everybody knows who he is. And uh, unfortunately for him, now everybody at the state penitentiary, where he's going to probably end up spending a little while, are going to know who he is as well. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. every Friday night of the year. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are optional. Serve from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band from 7 to 11 playing ballroom, standards, party music, and German traditional. Full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more information. So we really do have to examine what just happened here with this attempt at a uh, basically overturning an election. And, you know, not since I, I can't even remember anything close to this happening at, at a national level. But, you know, it happened. It just happened. And I don't I don't need Andy McCabe to explain it to me, although if he can fill in some of the blanks, that might be helpful. But I look at all of the uh, foundations and the PACs and the and the Democrats and the progressive activists, the the pussy hat wearing, uh, you know, uh, creatures that walked up and down the street um, during an inauguration. Like I said, you know, I've been I've been alive a long time, lived through a number of inaugurations and I never saw anything like that. You know, I was there, so I got to see it with my own eyes. You had people literally protesting a president who hadn't even taken office yet. But they were all like basically colluding with the Democrats and then with uh, each other and with the media and with Hollywood. 
you know, all these big time celebrities at this march. I mean, come on. You know, celebrities, do they not realize that uh, Donald Trump is the first celebrity president? Well, Ronald Reagan was, but certainly uh, of their ilk. You had all of these people trying to overturn the election, saying that they were rigged voting machines. Uh, then they're talking about like, well, we got to get rid of the Electoral College. Um, that you had Al Green and all of these other morons uh, introducing articles of impeachment. They sued to remove him under the emoluments clause. That now we find out they attempted to invoke the 25th Amendment. And I, I want you to understand what, what came quite clear to me today. And, and believe me, this I believe. They went to Ryan. They went to McConnell. And they said to them, we've got information that could compromise um, the country on, on Donald Trump and his relationship with Putin and Russia. They went to the leadership and the leadership did not defend the president, did not tell the president. They were basically in collusion with him. This is, this is unbelievable. You know, talking about a special counsel to discredit him. That's what they said. That's what that's what McCabe is saying they were talking about. Well, we can't we can't take it away from him this way. So uh, uh, let's get a special counsel, even if he doesn't find anything against, uh, you know, Trump with Russia. Um, we'll just drip, drip, drip. And make it impossible for him to govern, make it impossible for him to win the 2020 election. And when you get right down to it, there's a man who had to know this was all going on. There's a couple of people, but there's one man who had to know that this was going on and he let it happen. There's one man who knew the real story about the email scandal. There was one man who knew the real story about former president meeting with uh, Loretta Lynch on the tarp, tarmac. There was one man who had to know about Uma Abedin and Cheryl Mills' deals, who knew that uh, James Comey had predetermined how they were going to treat Hillary Clinton, who he presumed was going to be the next president of the United States. And in my opinion, that man is Obama. Former President Barack Obama. You notice how quiet he's been? Which is not really his style. Did have some big fancy party out there in L.A. yesterday. But uh, this is a guy who I believe his fingerprints are all over this coup. This is a guy who every single person who has been exposed as a liar, as a cheat, been fired, liked him. Basically would do anything for him. And let me tell you what he did. He wrecked the reputation of the FBI. He has um, libeled every single one of us that voted for Donald Trump. You know, he tolerated people talking about in insurance policies against the person we voted for. And he allowed informants to be put inside of the campaign of the opposition party because he was still the leader of the Democrat Party during that campaign. And then you look at all of his uh, his 
his cabinet, his inside advisors, who went out there every day from his director of the CIA and national intelligence, the Brennans, the Clappers, all of them, almost daily out there accusing the sitting president of Russian collusion and treason without anybody getting to ask them a, a question. Guys who lied under oath to Congress and are on television making fat salaries. Meanwhile, you know, they're worried about, uh, you know, Paul Manafort and they're worried about all these process crimes. While they were knee deep in, in, in real collusion, disseminating that, that bogus dossier. It, it's it's no there's no question in my mind that John Brennan CIA helped to spread that dossier around, gave it to people in the administration, unmasked uh, the the names of Trump subordinates, people who worked in his campaign, and then leaked them to the press. You know, you just have to you just have to sit back for a minute and think about what just happened and what really to some extent is still happening. And you have to ask yourself, is this the kind of country you want to live in? Do you want a FISA court that that uh, you know, either didn't care enough to check or were really so so naive that they got hoodwinked by these officials? And they were, uh, and and they went and gave them permission to surveil American citizens, and then to expose their names on the basis of what a piece of opposition research. Come on, guys, think about what this means. Because if they can do these, if they can do this to the president of the United States, you're not safe. I'm not safe. You say, "Oh, but nobody wants to come after me." You better hope so. Because from the looks of it, they'll do anything to bring a person down. And, and, and of all, you know, when you get right down to it, what is the biggest, biggest and most disgusting part of all this? It has to be the, the appointment of Robert Mueller. A man who was tasked with discovering whether or not there was collusion between Donald Trump's campaign and Russia. I mean, think about that. Based on what? Nobody has answered that yet. I watched this interview with Andy McCabe on 60 Minutes. Nobody bothered to ask him, why did this happen? Why did Comey lie? Why, 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 why? Nobody. Nobody's asking those questions. Nobody. Th th this guy said, hey, I wanted to see a special counsel appointed so that uh, my hard work wouldn't go up in smoke. Your hard work? This was a result of James Comey releasing secret, confidential, and even classified memos of conversations he had with the President of the United States. Think about that for a minute. If the President cannot have a private conversation with the acting, uh, or actually with the FBI director or a Department of Justice employee of any kind, who he's the boss of, what the hell? How's he supposed to run this country when the people who work for him are working against him? And and if you think Jeff Sessions, the 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 recused attorney general, was conflicted and compromised, Rod Rosenstein takes the cake.
And then we sat here for most of us. And I, I have to I have to point to myself. We sat here and watched him put together a team of lawyers that were Clinton donors and and highly partisan players in the D Democrat Party. Some of them even, uh, you know, had had been the lawyers for the Clintons or lawyers for the Clinton Foundation. Or, or just people who said, I hate Donald Trump. And then you have Andrew Weissman, this guy who has, you know, been guilty of, of prosecutorial overreach over and over and over again. You can add James Comey to that list, too, and Bob Mueller himself. You know, these are the people who got caught and now want to make you think like you're crazy because you saw through it. When you got two little schmutz like, uh, you know, Paige and, and Strzok writing those love notes back and forth and bragging that Donald Trump would never be elected. Yeah. And they went to work on the Mueller team. Well, at least uh, Peter Strzok did for temporary. So there was no collusion. And they went ahead anyway. And they began to press on the Trump guys, the campaign subordinates, the guys like Manafort. And, and, and this is a justice? This is justice that Paul Manafort will die in solitary confinement prior to his uh, even having his day in court? It's justice that they're on a, you know, a mad dash for Roger Stone. Look, Roger Stone, you know, I can say a lot of things about Roger Stone, but he didn't deserve to be treated the way he's being treated. With stormtroopers showing up at his house? Like he was going to destroy evidence? Come on. <laughs> this is un unbelievable to me. You know, rounding uh, a Paul Manafort out of his bed, surrounding his house, scaring his family. Come on, guys. If this doesn't scare you, and and I have, like I said, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta admit my my fault here. You know, I kept trying to pretend that this just, you know, maybe it was just all happenstance, or you know, none of this was uh, really syncing up. It all syncs up. It all syncs up. You had a counterintelligence investigation that it was subverted two years of the presidency. By constant leaks, leaks that he'd be indicted, leaks that the president be jailed, leaked that the president was disgraced, leaks that the president was on the verge of impeachment. And so no matter what he did, no matter how many successes he had economically or in foreign policy, 50% of the public don't know anything except that he's about to be impeached. That's all they've heard. This, this People got to go to jail. And I don't mean Jerome Corsi and George Papadopoulos and Roger Stone. No, no. I mean people like James Clapper and John Brennan and James Comey and Andrew McCabe and Bruce Orr and Peter Strzok. They're the ones that got to go to jail. Because otherwise, you better get used to this because palace coups don't happen just once. I'm, uh, I'll wrap that up tomorrow. My, uh, yeah, I read a couple of articles, one by Victor Davis Hanson, another one by another uh, writer that I have a lot of respect for regarding this this travesty that just happened in our country. And people like me have to have to sit up and say, I, I, there was stuff that I didn't say 
on the air, always intimidated by the fact that, uh, you know, whoa, could, nobody would really do that, right? We don't really suspect law enforcement officials of doing those things. And you know what? Bad people do bad things. They could be anywhere in our government. One thing for sure is Hoda Muthana, the 24-year-old American woman who left the United States to join ISIS and now is really, really sorry and really, really wants to come home? No. It should be obvious that when somebody takes up arms against their country, that is considered treason and they should never be allowed to return. That's that's my story. You know, um, they're, they're arguing about this stuff in Britain. You know, they got all these women who are not even sorry that they joined ISIS that need to come back home. Oh, we should let them in. Um, we should allow citizenship to extend to people who actually want to destroy our home country. Give me a break. Uh, you know, um, my bad. You know, that's, I'm supposed to accept that. My bad on the whole becoming a terrorist thing. I believe that America gives second chances, she told The Guardian in her plea to return. No. Um, not another person using our openness and our love of second chances against us, okay? She told her fellow Muslims to randomly murder Americans, tweeting, you have much to do while you live under our greatest enemy. Enough of your sleeping. Go on drive-bys and spill all of their blood. Rent a big truck and drive all over them. Uh, Memorial Day parades. Go on drive-bys. No. The answer is no. So thank you for your time this time. Until next time, I'll be back tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Remember my new time from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Right here on 850. I'll be back if it be his will and he delays his coming. Thank you, Hobo. But most of all, thank you for listening. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America.